Support for the Fact Checker podcast is provided by New Pioneer Food Co-op, celebrating 50 years as Eastern Iowa's source for locally and responsibly sourced groceries with stores in Iowa City, Coralville, and Cedar Rapids, and online through Co-op Cart at newpi.coop. Fact Checker Podcast. Welcome to 2022. We have our usual team here with the Gazette Fact Checkers. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. And I'm Marissa Payne. I'm the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. You know, and I think in 2022, we're going to look for a fourth member of our team just, you know, to mix it up. So just, you know, don't tell the rest of the staff, <laughs> but we'll be, you know, hitting them up to join our efforts here. But uh, in the meantime, today we have got a check that focuses a little bit on the end of 2021. The end of the year is often a time when all of us take stock on things we accomplished in the previous year. We might look through our resolutions and tick off things we did do and scribble anew things we didn't do from the previous year. But uh, that was also happening with Iowa office holders. So uh, on Twitter, you could see uh, several politicians touting their accomplishments in 2021. Um, And one of those was a December 28th tweet from U.S. Representative Ashley Hinson. She tweeted, quote, this year, I helped lead the charge against the administration's proposal to pay some illegal immigrants $450,000 after they broke our laws. It went on to say the administration backed down, but I'll continue holding them accountable for policies that put Americans and Iowans last. So her tweet linked to a November 3rd piece, opinion piece that she wrote in the Washington Times, which is a right-leaning news outlet in Washington, D.C. In that piece, Hinson said she was, quote, disturbed, but frankly unsurprised to learn the Biden administration, quote, has a plan in the works to pay individuals who tried to enter our country illegally $450,000 each. The payouts could cost nearly $1 billion, Hinson said in that piece. So that piece in the Washington Times did not mention what the payouts would be for. And, you know, there's a couple hyperlinks, but those just go to the Washington Times collection of other Biden stories So no like links to legislation, a news story, anything like that. So it's hard to know exactly just from that story what she's talking about. But if you look at what was reported just days before um, that piece that she wrote in the Washington Times, the Wall Street Journal broke on October 28th news that the U.S. Justice Department was um, in settlements with the ACLU, which had filed a lawsuit in 2019 on behalf of families who were separated at the U.S. border. So these were individuals or family members who um, tried to come to the United States, either seeking asylum or or otherwise um, to the border. And then when the parents were arrested and incarcerated for, um, you know, at the time the Trump administration had a zero tolerance policy, and so they were arrested. You know, the children are not could not go with them to, to be in jail. So children were put in detention centers. Um, and so 
the the story by the Wall Street Journal on October 28th was saying that the Justice Department was in negotiations with the ACLU to offer settlements as high as as four hundred fifty thousand dollars to individuals um, who were involved in these lawsuits after they were separated from family members at the border. Um, so just kind of going back to that um, zero tolerance policy and what happened because of it. So the federal government and news agencies had reported that more than 2,700 children were separated from their families at the border during this kind of short-lived policy in 2018. And, you know, some kids as young as eight months were kept in shelters away from their parents for days or, or even weeks in some cases. And in terms of what impact that had on these kids, a 2019 Health and Human Services Agency Inspector General report um, went to these detention centers and talked with staff and kind of found out that it was very traumatizing to the kids. They reported some children just cried inconsolably. And this is a statement from the report, quote, according to program directors and mental health clinicians, separated children exhibited more fear, feelings of abandonment and post-traumatic stress than did children who were not separated. Separated children experience heightened feelings of anxiety and loss as a result of their unexpected separation from their parents after their arrival in the United States. And then another report, HHS found the Trump administration lacked the technology to keep track of separated families. So if you know our listeners remember, there were some news reports at the time where it said like they didn't, you know, they maybe took a child to a detention center and they knew where the child was, but they didn't know what jail or incarceration point the parent had been taken to. So it took a lot of time to get some of those families even back together once that policy was abolished, which it was. The Trump administration reversed that zero tolerance policy in June 2018, you know, basically because of this huge backlash by citizens and lawmakers and that kind of thing. So anyway, this is kind of just a long-winded explanation of what exactly those payments referred to. So when that news broke in late October about those discussions about payments, which the Wall Street Journal and other news outlets reported that the payments would have ranged in size with many people getting far less than that maximum $450,000, you know, and so it when the news broke about that and there was a lot of like um, criticism from lawmakers in general, um, including Henson, that the, those, that those payment plans were kind of just dumped. The administration stopped its negotiating with the ACLU in that lawsuit. And um, so, and then in Henson's December 28th tweet, she obviously counted that as a victory. She said, the administration backed down, but I'll continue holding them accountable for policies that put Americans and Iowans last. So, you know, Hinson wasn't the only member of Congress to speak out against the settlements. A U.S. representative from Wisconsin tweeted, our border is wide open and now President Joe Biden is in talks to pay illegal immigrants $450,000. This is unbelievable. Um, and PolitiFact gave that claim a half true um, in late October. So in terms of our grade on this claim, um, you know, the Hinson administration is right that the or the Hinson um, team is right that the Biden administration was considering these large settlements, large in some cases for separated families. 
Um, but I think it's significant that the opinion piece and the tweet left out why the payments were being considered. You know, there's some, you know, there's been conversations, at least in Iowa, about um, funding from the American Rescue Plan Act going toward undocumented workers who have had um, tremendous burden during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, and so that's some funding that has gone to people who may not be documented in the United States. So I think there, it, it's like, it seems like almost an intentional effort to, to not describe this family separation pro- prospect because that was so unpopular. And so neither her piece in the Washington Times or the tweet mentions the um, families that were separated and that's why the payments were being considered. So, you know, and in terms of this, you know, the the Biden administration isn't just handing out, considering handing out money because they think what happened was wrong, although some people might think that, it's because there's a federal lawsuit. The ACLU has sued the Justice Department and Jeff Sessions is on there as the defendant. So the government can't just ignore the lawsuit and this is going to be proceeding in court and the government could be forced to pay even more um, based on what is decided in federal court. So I feel like by leaving out those details, it's it's very misleading. And while the dollar amount, the $40,000-$50,000 is correct, according to numerous news reports about those negotiations, um, it's at best half true. So my suggestion is to give a C there. But I, I hope I hope and think we'll probably have more to discuss about it. What do you guys think? Yeah, I would completely agree with you, Erin, um, kind of on everything you talked about, how without all that context, this is really a misleading um, statement to make. Um, I think the way that she kind of writes the tweet, it sort of alludes to a totally different context than what is actually reality. Um, so, you know, I, I keep kind of going back and forth on this um you know, the proposal to pay some illegal immigrants $450,000 um, after they broke the law. You, you talk about how, um, you know, these are settlement payments and not every individual involved in these settlement payments would get this payment. So I don't know, the way that she kind of alludes to it in the tweet, I sort of read it initially that every single individual involved would get this high amount of payment. But I mean, you make it clear that's not the case. Um, and it could be kind of rare instances. But I mean, the fact that she does say some in the tweet, um, you know, I kind of keep getting stuck on that figure about whether it would deserve a downgrade, maybe to a D just kind of for that point alone. Um, but I don't know, what, what do you guys think? I mean, I support where the grade is at right now, especially as you pointed out, the fact that she does say just um, would be paid 450000 So at least she's not making that generalization that all are. Um, but as we already discussed, like she's leaving out the obvious context that, you know, this Trump era policy, you know, from her own party is kind of what got us here in the first place. So it's promoting this image of, you know, kind of lawlessness that, you know, these Democrats are, you know, just letting these immigrants come in and they're paying them to illegally cross the border. But, you know, it was a policy that started from her own party. Right. Yeah, exactly. She's sort of pointing to Biden as the the culprit here when really he's just sort of coming in after the fact to kind of help settle it for the government um, and sort of kind of clean up the, the after fact of it. And it's not like, you know, the Biden administration has um, done a great job at the border and, you know, Republicans have made hay about that too. Um, 
But yeah, this is an effort to, for the justice department to, um, clean up or deal with, uh, make right these, these family separations, which I don't think anyone at the time was arguing like, yeah, this is a good thing. Yeah. Let's have these, you know, preschool children in these detention centers, you know, away from their families. So, um, it's pretty significant just to kind of not mention that. Um, I just wanted to provide one update. So, um, you know, after this, uh, it broke, the news was leaked about the payments and everything like that. The negotiations in this lawsuit have since stopped. Um, I just looked up the case, which is filed in federal court in Arizona, and there had been an abeyance on the proceedings in the case, which basically puts things on hold so they can negotiate a settlement. And on December 16th, a judge lifted that abeyance. So now there can, you know, that case can proceed, which indicates that the settlement negotiations are off. So it will be interesting to see, I guess, at this point, what happens with that lawsuit. Yeah. Do we have a sense whether they will proceed with lawsuits or is that too early to tell yet? I mean, there is no, um, there are no other filings after that point. Um, there have been no real news stories since mid-December on it. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think, I think everyone's probably, you know, you've got the holidays there too. So maybe that nothing really happened on it, but I, I don't know that we know what's going to happen with it. Okay. Do you guys think, um, would it be beneficial? I know that you both felt because she did use the word some, that that is, you know, that she shouldn't be dinged on that. But do you think the check itself should include more information? If I can find it, more information about like how, what share of people would get the $450,000 or I'm guessing that's only like the most egregious situations. Um, You know, if there's 2,700 people who were separated, you couldn't give very many of them $450,000, you know, to get to that billion dollar limit that Hinson mentioned in her report. So, I mean, do you guys, would you like to see more detail on that or I don't know? Yeah, I was just saying I would be interested in seeing, you know, the breakdown since she just kind of vaguely says some, you know, how is it actually shaking out with like who is potentially going to get, you know, what amount of money. And since that plan was scuttled, that whole idea, you know, there may not be a really detailed breakout of it. And it was never really publicly released um, what it is. But there may be some more detail in terms of like what the low end of the payments would be and, you know, what share of people. So I'll see if I can find even just a couple more sentences on that to put that in there. Yeah, I think that'd be good because I think you sort of allude to um, like maybe what the cases would be kind of like for maybe those higher end payments. I, I know you kind of talked about sort of the the reports that were done on the the impacts on these children, but I don't know, maybe some of these individual stories about how long it took to reunite, because I know in some cases it took it took weeks to sort of find their parents. Um, so I imagine kind of those higher end cases would be some of those more egregious cases. Yeah. And Marissa, did you have a question about um, another part of her statement, her tweet? Oh, yeah. I was curious since she kind of says that she led the charge on, um, let's see, I'll just go back to how she worded it. 
Yeah, she said she helped lead the charge against the administration's proposal uh, to pay, you know, you know, the settlement proposal essentially. So I was just yeah. curious, you know, in what way she led the charge, whether she just, you know, written this this opinion piece and like sent the tweets, and you know, she just counts herself among those Republicans who were uh, criticizing this, or whether she co-sponsored or introduced any legislation against this whole process. Yeah, and that was addressed um, to some degree, and I can put it in the check if we want to also check that wording that she makes there. But when we reached out to the Hinson staff, which is our normal course of action when we do a fact check, um, they provided some information. They said that um, Representative Hinson joined the Illegal Immigrant Payoff Prohibition Act of 2021 um, legislation introduced with 146 co-sponsors in the House to block taxpayer-funded settlements to immigrants. And then similar legislation was introduced in the Senate. So she joined in that legislation, it sounds like among 146 co-sponsors of it. So in addition to any pieces that she wrote and, you know, statements, she was involved in that way. So it sounds like she's among like over 100 people leading the charges, perhaps a stretch, but I don't know if it's something that I would like downgrade her for in this check. Yeah, I mean, if she... um, Yeah, I mean, I think the legislation gives a little more credence to the idea that she tried to do something to to do that Mm -hmm. besides just kind of making statements about it. Um, Do we want to put any of that in the check? Yeah, I think like a sentence saying that she was among the, however, the 140, you said, lawmakers who who kind of put their name on this legislation. I think that's worth um, at least just noting. I don't think that changes the grade in my mind, but um, I think that's kind of an interesting tidbit. Okay. I'll put that in there as well. Okay. Well, are there any other points you guys have or, you know, we can talk about the grade too? Are we okay with the C? Yeah, I'm good with the C because I think, um, I mean, the the bits of fact that she has in there are true. Um, it's just really what dings her is the lack of context and sort of the reason behind it. Um, so I would agree. I think a C is a good way to balance this. Yeah, I agree that it's pretty, you know, half true for lacking context, but, you know, generally, like, it's not like false, but it's just not the full story. Okay. Great. This is one of those ones where I'm really glad that we write these pieces because it gives us a chance to like, and here's the other side of the story. You know, here's here's the stuff you didn't get told about. So that's that's good. Okay. well, great. Um, That's good. So for next week, the legislative session starts up on Monday. um, But on Tuesday night, January 11th, the governor will be doing her condition of the state address, which we are going to check as a fact checker team. And that's going to be at 6 p.m. on Monday night. And I think that's going to be probably streamed in numerous places if anyone wants to listen in. But the fact checker team is going to do a check of um, a number of the claims from that speech, which we've done for the last at least five years. It's it's runs on a little bit different schedule than our regular ones because we try to do it daily as much as we can. Although since that's happening in the evening, 
we probably will do our reporting on Tuesday and then it will run in the paper Wednesday and then we'll be back on the pod um, end of next week to to talk about it and then also kind of look at what we've got coming up for for next week. So I hope that you guys will join us um, next week for our podcast, kind of breaking down that condition of the state report and any um, claims made within there. So anything else, team? No, you did a great job, Erin. Thanks for taking this on this week. Thanks. It was good. All right. So our podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert. Our fact checker pieces are edited by Craig Jamolis. And our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. Until next week, I'm Erin Jordan. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm Marissa Payne. And we'll fact check you later.
Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.